Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for coming today. Really good to see you all here. I wanted to talk about our message series, our next one that starts next week. Do you guys all remember what our word for the year is for our church? Passion. passion. Didn't sound like a lot of passion, that word. You know. Let's try it again. What's our word for the year? Passion. Oh, whoa, there's some passion. So, um, yeah, our hope this year is that we all fall more in love with Jesus and that our passion for God grows. And so uh, that's, that's why we're in the series that we're in. But next week, we are starting a new series called Living in Love. It's a study on the book of First John. Our key verse comes from chapter 4, verse 16, and it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So my hope is that we will grow in our love for God through this series. Now, the author of the book of 1 John is the disciple John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in our Bibles. He also wrote the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, he wrote the book of Revelation as well, the last book of the Bible. But what was interesting was that he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved several times in the book of John. And he understands this concept of love. Um, he wrote the most famous book in the Bible. You guys know this? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right? So that's the most famous book in the Bible, and it was penned by John. Now, in the book of 1 John, there it is mentioned, the word love or the Greek word uh, agape, is mentioned just over 30 times. So I've always looked at 1 John as, like, this is the book of love. It tells me to love people and how to love people and how to love God and God's love is in me, all of that. And so when we were looking at this, this year of passion and falling more in love with God, I said, well, we got to study the book of 1 John. So we're starting that next week, and you don't want to miss it. Every week's going to be great. Um, I do want to give you some homework, though. Do you know what your homework is? <laughs> Read the book of 1 John. You guys are just as sharp as first service. I, I tell you, first service got that one, too. So, so that's your homework assignment. You will be further ahead and prepared if you read the book of 1 John uh, moving into next week. But today, uh, I'm excited. We get to finish up our series titled The Love Languages of God based on the book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. And uh, if you missed um, any of the series, you can go back and listen to it. We also have that book for sale. I think it's for sale for 10 bucks. Uh, it's probably going half price next week, but you should buy it this week, right? Make sure you buy it this week. Don't want to wait till next week. It may be all gone, right? They may be all gone. Um, so, uh, not that you couldn't buy it on Amazon or somewhere else, but... <laughs> Or download it on your Kindle for three bucks, right? I mean, there's lots of other ways. Just read the book. It's a good book. Uh, it really is a good book. But this is what Gary Chapman said about the five love languages as it relates to our relationship with God. As we know, the book is really about our, our relationships with other people. But he said this, how, 
how those five love languages relate to our relationship with God. He said, it is my premise that the love languages observed in human relationships all reflect various aspects of divine love. If people are indeed made in the image of God, and if people have five distinct love languages, then we would expect to find all those love languages expressed in the character and nature of God. Indeed, God speaks every language. So it is not surprising to discover that he communicates fluently through each of the five love languages, and therefore, with each of us, his children. And that's been the premise all along for this series. So, so, so far, we have covered four of the love languages, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, and acts of service. And if you missed any of those, you can catch all of those off of our website and watch it there. But today, we are going to discuss physical touch. And physical, physical touch, a love language, in a nutshell, is when we feel the most loved by others when we physically touch them or when they put a hand on our shoulder or they put our arm around us, they shake our hand, you know, give us a hug. That's when you feel the most love. So how many of you today know that physical touch is one of your top two? Quite a few. We had quite a few first service as well. That actually is my number one love language. For me, it is physical touch and quality time. So for me, there's nothing better than just to hang out with all of you, shake your hands, and just be together, you know? I love that. So, but today we're going to interview Ben Schwartz, my son, and Jessica House. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Physical touch is their number one love language. So we're going to ask them a few questions, see if they can shed some light on this for those in the room where physical touch is not your top love language. This is probably going to be a good interview for you. I'm All right. back. Yeah, Ben you, is back. You thought you could get rid of me, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things I want to say right now, Ben. <laughs> and I'm just going to ask a question. Um, share an example of a time when you felt really loved through an act of physical touch. I think you're going first, Jessica, yeah, we right? We discussed this last service. First <laughs> service, we, uh, I should go first for this one, so... <laughs> So for me, um, for physical touch, it's um, multiples of things, um, not just one. So um, like when I get home from work, Jimmy will be home, hug, kiss, tell me, you know, how was your day? Jimmy's um, her dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. My Jimmy's husband. her husband. Let me just, Jimmy's her husband. <laughs> you know, the dog <laughs> Not too, everybody knows that. The dog so is lucky. <laughs> like comes up and gives you up. Anyway, so. Um, or like hold my hand when we go into the store, um, being intentional, um, being consistent, those types of things over and over. I know another one I didn't say earlier, but like when you're watching TV in your living room, we have all these places where people can sit, right? Yeah. He will come and sit right next to me. And so for me, that is... That's a big deal. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Ben, how about you? Um, so it was... I can't remember if it was either my first or second missions trip, but... Um, I went to Costa Rica with a bunch of other people from um, Vineyard Church in Jackson Road. And um, it was during, I think it was the last night we were there. Um, we were having worship. And I was sitting in the back. And um, for all those that don't know, Clint is my stepdad. He adopted me um, soon after my biological dad passed away. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about my biological dad. And... Um, I was just thinking of like how much I missed him and like and everything. And um one of my good friends was she came 
towards the back, saw I was sitting by myself, and she's like, what's wrong? And I just broke down crying and um, just saying how much I miss my dad and everything. And she just, she just sat with me, held me, and held me and cried with me. Yeah. So that was a huge deal for me. Yeah, that's a big deal. All right. And, and just along those lines, too, um, it's when physical touch is offered to the other person versus when, you, when those of us with physical touch go and get it. Does that make sense? It means so much more when, like you're saying, Jimmy comes and sits beside you versus you go, Jimmy, come over here and sit with me. Or you go and sit by him. You know, it makes a big difference. All right, so now as it relates to physical touch, what is something that people have done or not done that made you feel unloved? So in the same respect, when you are um, upset with someone or in an argument, the one person that you want to run to is probably the person that is, um, you're in the argument with mm-hmm. or you're disagreeing with. And so when they withhold that hug or that touch, um, that is really hurtful yeah. um, and almost like you're being rejected. So now you're in the argument. Now you can't even go to the one person that you want to get that love from or understanding from. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever you like go like to that person or somebody else and you're just like, like, hey, how are you? Just like either give them a handshake or a hug, but they don't like embrace that handshake or hug and it's like very awkward. Uh-huh. It's just very, like you just, you make that person, like for me personally, feel very uncomfortable and not very loved at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about like hugs specifically in our culture. Um, but yeah, that is one of those things when you try to, you know, give someone a handshake or give them a hug and they definitely don't want it. You know, like there's no, they don't squeeze your hand back. It's like what they call it, the dead fish. You're like, you know, <laughs> dead fish, you know, or it's the two hands to the chest, bam, you know, and they push you away. That's happened like, a couple times. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that can, for a person with this as their love language, they can really feel rejected by it. Yeah, and hurtful, for sure. All right, so what is one thing that people in our church can do to make people with this love language feel more loved and accepted? Because there's quite a few uh, that raised their hands here. So I think, um, as Ben said about awkward hugs, so not everybody is a hugger, even if your love language is physical touch. Um, But here at church, I think, too, um, at the end of service, they usually will ask, you know, to come up and pray or if the message really hits you to stand up. And for me, I would think, like, just putting your hands on somebody that's close to you or holding somebody's hand when you're praying, that's something easy that any of us can do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. How about you, Ben? And, like, whenever you're greeting someone as they're coming into the church, just, like, giving them a handshake, offering your hand to, like, shake their hand. And if you know them decently well just like giving them a hug as they enter the church is also very helpful yeah yeah all right well good thanks guys let's give a hand now i will say out of the five love languages this one is the most controversial in our culture today Um, we all have heard about and know about the me too movement which was really helpful in shining a light on unwanted physical touch, right? I mean, it was a very necessary thing in our culture. A lot of abuse was happening in our culture. But there is a negative side effect to that, which is people are afraid to touch anyone anymore, right? They're just kind of afraid, like, I'm going to, 
I don't want to give you a side hug because that might be offensive, you know? I mean, that's one of the downsides in our culture. And then over the last two years, um, we've been afraid to shake somebody's hand because we're afraid that we're going to kill them, right? Because of COVID. Or, or because I shook their hand, I'm going to die. And so there, there's been this fear of you stay where you need to stay because I don't want to die. I don't want to kill you. You know what I mean? So physical touch has been, become taboo in our culture today. But let me just submit to you, we need physical touch. We need it. It's part of being a healthy human being. There was a study done by National Institute of Health actually in 2020. It was titled Physical Contact and Loneliness. Being touched reduces perceptions of loneliness. And in this study, 40 individuals were tested and they they measured their mental well-being as it compared to whether or not they had physical touch or not. Okay, that was the study. And this was the result. They said that participants exposed to physical contact reported significantly lower neglect scores from their close relationships in a short loneliness scale, thus suggesting that there is an underlying mechanism that persists despite enculturation. Participants in the experimental condition also showed a faster reduction in heart rate, interpreted as a sign of physiological well-being. My interpretation was just simply healthy physical touch is necessary for our mental and physical well-being. It makes an impact, a positive impact or a negative impact in our lives. Now, we, we can understand this, right? Because what's the most severe punishment for someone who's incarcerated? Solitary confinement. Like you, you lock them away. They don't get to talk to anyone, but they certainly don't get to touch anyone. And that's the most severe punishment that we can give to someone. Now, throughout the Bible, physical touch is pretty prevalent. It's all throughout Scripture. Um, There's an example in the Old Testament that if you were going to swear an oath to someone, that there was an uncomfortable level of physical touch that would take place. It's in the book of Genesis. So Abraham made his servant swear to obey his commands regarding uh, finding a wife for Isaac, and this is how they sealed the deal. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. That's the PG version of it. Just so you all know, if you want to do a little study on that, there was a lot of awkward physical touch as it relates to uh, oaths back in the Old Testament. That happened also in chapter 47. Jacob makes his son swear to bury him in Canaan and followed the same practice. Physical touch was just all over the Jewish culture. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul encouraged greeting with a kiss. He said, all the brothers and sisters, sisters here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And Jesus himself was recorded several times to love others, show love to others, care and concern through physical touch. In the book of Mark, people brought Jesus to him to lay his hands on them and to pray for them. And in Mark chapter 10, it says, and he took the children in his arms, right? Placed his hands on them and blessed them. 
On the night before Jesus was crucified, during the Last Supper, he washed the feet of the disciples. And I don't think he did it with rubber gloves on. I mean, there was physical contact. He was washing his disciples' feet, showing them love through touch. And when it came to healing, most of the time when Jesus healed someone, he what? He raised or he touched them. He put his hands on them. Luke chapter 40 says, At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. He healed a woman who was crippled for 18 years by placing his hands on her. He healed a blind man by placing his hands on his eyes. A deaf man by putting his fingers in his ears. One of my favorite stories of Jesus physically touching and healing someone uh, is the story of the leper. And if, and if you're going to understand the significance of that act of love, you have to understand what leprosy was. So leprosy is actually still around today. It's called Hansen's disease. Let me read the definition. It's a chronic infectious, infectious disease caused by a mycobacterium affecting especially the skin and peripheral nerves and characterized by the formation of nodules or macules that enlarge and spread accompanied by loss of sensation and with eventual paralysis, wasting of muscle, and production of deformities. So if you caught leprosy, they didn't have any uh, cure for it at all. I mean, your skin would become open sores, and it would be smelly, and, uh, and you would also have deformities that would happen. Um, you would lose sensation in your fingers and hands, so so you could burn them and not even know that they were being burned, you know, at the time. And so these individuals, if they caught leprosy, they were ostracized. I mean, they were, they were immediately kicked out of their house because this was a contagious disease. Now, we know it's still contagious, and there is a cure for it today. But back then, there's no cure, and they thought it was incredibly contagious. They just really understood what happened once you had it. If you had it, you were kicked out of your house. You lost your job. You were kicked out of your city. You could no longer go to church, right? I mean, you weren't welcome into the market center. You would live in what they call leper colonies. So you were out away from everyone. And I think one of the worst parts of it is that you were considered unclean. Like if anyone touched you, then they were now unclean. And so as you walked along the path, if somebody else was coming towards you, you actually had to cover your mouth and yell out, unclean, unclean, as a warning to them so that they could avoid you. I mean, what a tragic diagnosis to have leprosy. So this leper approaches Jesus, and his leprosy does not keep him from showing love. Let me read the story. Luke chapter 5, verse 12 says, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Jesus touched the leper, reached out. And, and keep in mind, this man 
potentially had not been touched by another person in years. Can you imagine the power of that act of love? Now, I'll read this. I've read this dozens of times, and I have an image in my mind, but recently The Chosen came out and showed this scene, uh, and I want to watch it right now. You might have seen it before, but I'm going to watch it because of the power of it. Let's watch it together. It's a beautiful day or anything, huh? (laughs) Come on. It's a leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you can handle this disease. You Please. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. But what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Where's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Man, how incredibly powerful is that? Jesus knew the importance of physical touch. And he was more than willing to reach out and touch someone who would make him unclean 
but to bring health and healing to that individual. All right, so today we're going to look at just a couple of points. Um, We're going to look at one way that we can receive love from God through physical touch, and then we're going to look at one way that we can show love to God through physical touch. And you have a couple of points you can fill in on your handout if you'd like, but first let me pray. God, when we see a video like that, it touches our heart because it is is just truth in front of us. We so many times bypass Scripture and just move on, and, and you were there, and you're like, no, stop. Understand the significance of what happened here. And God, I just thank you for this video that, that has us stop and understand the significance. How you loved every single person that you came into contact with when you were here on earth. And you continue to love God. So Lord, I pray that you would be in the middle of everything we do today. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. And show us your love, we pray. It's in Jesus' name, amen. All right, a couple of points. Uh, first of all, we can receive love from Jesus through physical touch when we, first of all, pursue his presence. Pursue his presence. See, Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he physically touched the leper, you know, and showed him that love. Uh, I, I'm guessing there was a hug like that that happened afterwards as well. Uh, Jesus would greet people with a holy kiss. He touched individuals, but then he went up to heaven. He, he, he left and went up physically. He went up to heaven. And so we're like, how can we experience love from God through physical touch? Well, Jesus didn't stop by just going to heaven. He said, wait, and I will send someone to you from heaven, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And so the Holy Spirit is present with us today. And the Holy Spirit can touch us. We can feel the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the way that it works for me is uh, when I am uh, in a time of worship. Actually, I came in this morning before we did worship rehearsal and all of that. A lot of times I like to come in early on Sunday mornings, turn up the music really loud, and just get on my knees and just pray and talk to God. And in those moments, so many times the Holy Spirit will just kind of move in, and you can sense his presence. For me, I'll get like little, here's my arms will stand up. On the back of my neck, I'll feel a little tingling. You might feel like a warmth, right? Feel a peace that you didn't have when you walked in. Sometimes I'll have tears come to my eyes. And, and I'll tell you what, my, again, my love language is physical touch. And so I seek his presence because that's how I feel the most love from God. Now, I love it when he gives me a gift. I love it when he tells me good things, encourages me, you know, all the other love languages. I love that too. But when I sense his presence, when I feel his touch, oh, my love tank gets full. And it's not available just for me. It's available for every one of us. We had a, a uh, on a Wednesday night at Young Adults, we had a time when I just felt like God wanted to show himself through physical touch to those who needed it. And I said, anyone that just wants to feel a touch from God, come forward. And we prayed for them. 
And, uh, and they reported, they felt like God like, stood behind them, put his arms around them, and just held them. Just held them. There was a time when I was going through uh, healing. By the way, I just encourage you, if you've ever been hurt in your past, I'm sure there's not very many of us who've ever been hurt in the past, but if you ever have, seek out emotional healing. So I was at this conference for, um, for men to get emotional healing. And uh, man, God just overcame me. And, I, and actually, the men picked me up I know this is probably too much information, but I'll just share it anyway. I feel like God wants me to share this for somebody. The, the men picked me up, and I was just crying in my brokenness, and they rocked me. They rocked me, and in my brokenness, I felt God holding me and rocking me. And it was all just the Holy Spirit all over me, and I just needed that moment, just needed that moment. God wants to show us love and touch us through his presence, through his presence. So here's an uh, exercise for you this week if you want. Your assignment is to read the book of 1 John right? this week. But an exercise for you is to spend some time alone with God. You know, find a quiet place, maybe turn on some worship music, uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's just the truth. If we want to find God and we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. And many times, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that we is what we encounter when we find God. And we can feel his presence. So set aside some time this week Spend some time alone with God. Seek him and ask him to touch you, to touch your heart, to feel his presence. And he will, because your word says, I will be found by you if you seek me. And he will be found. So that's one of the ways that we can receive love through physical touch is to pursue his presence. But I do want to spend a little bit of time on how we can show love to Jesus through physical touch. And that's through making some contact. All right? Make some contact with somebody. Physical contact. Now, we shared earlier that physical contact is taboo kind of in our culture today. Um, and honestly, I don't think it's going to get much better. I think there's going to be a continual push for isolation and separation and uh, anonymity, you know? Like, the enemy does not want us to know each other. The enemy knows that if we are by ourselves, if we have no physical touch, that we are going to be depressed and anxious and suicidal and angry and frustrated. I mean, you just think about all the opposites of the fruit of the Spirit. That's what the enemy has for us. Um, John 10.10 10 says this. This is what Jesus said about the enemy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And we've seen that, right? We've seen that in our culture. And separation and isolation is not helping the situation. He went on to say, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So where the enemy, when you, when you can recognize a ploy of the enemy, just do the opposite, okay? 
If the enemy just says, you know, I want to isolate you and have you fearful and, and, and separated and not in contact with anyone, then you just go, okay, so I'm not going to be isolated. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be isolated. And I'm going to be in contact with people. Right? I mean, if you don't know what God wants you to do, it's most of the time it's the opposite of what the enemy does. So if you can recognize what the enemy is doing, just do the opposite. But physical touch can be messy. <laughs> We've kind of talked about that already. It can be a little messy. When we go to Africa and we spend time with these orphan children, I tell my team, I say, all right, guys, this is going to be messy, all right? But you need to be generous with physical touch with these kids. You know, be willing to put an arm around them, be willing to shake their hand, be willing to tap them on the head, uh, those kinds of things. Because out of 120 kids in this orphanage, they probably don't get a lot of healthy physical touch from older people, right? I mean, from adults. It, it probably just doesn't happen very often. So when we show up, we, we open up the van door. This has happened just this fall. I took Ben and Emma with me to go love on these kids. We open up the door. We stand out. And then dozens of these kids come up to us, right? And they all want to shake our hand. And, and I'll tell you, these kids don't take showers very often, like once a week, maybe. Um, they don't have tissue, like when their nose is runny, so they use their hands. They don't have toilet paper very much. And it, it's just, you shake their hands, and they're dirty, and they're stinky, and they're, they're wet. I don't know why, but they're wet, and they're just kind of slimy. And you know what? They feel loved. They feel loved. You just, you hold their hand. And, and, and when you go, if any of you ever end up going there, I mean, you're surrounded by kids the whole time. Here's a picture of Emma soon after she got there. You know, you sit down and someone's on your lap, right? Uh, here's the, excuse me, the next picture is with um, Jacqueline. I'm pretty sure that Jacqueline, uh, her main love language is physical touch. Because this was Jacqueline the entire week <laughs> with Emma, just connected to her. And then we had Ben. Ben found some of the older boys, and, you know, they did man hugs. You know what I mean? Just the little stuff there. But that was pretty constant. And then we had the next picture is with Ben and Emma and some of the other kids, even some of the leaders, you know, they were in on it. Um, but I want to show this last picture. This was the last day. I was sitting in the shade talking to the older boys, and this boy in the yellow, his name is Emmanuel. Uh, so I'm, he came up beside me. So I'm sitting here talking to the older boys. A lot of times before I leave, I just kind of charge them with what they need to do, be man, take care of people, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm having this conversation, and I feel someone come up and sit beside me and lean on me. And I look over, and it's Emmanuel. And, uh, and he just sat there and just leaned against me the whole time. I'm pretty sure his love language is physical touch. Now, the good thing for him is that mine is too, so I just leaned back in and <laughs> we loved on each other. It was, it was great. It was great. Physical touch is so important to those who don't get it. Their love tank is just on empty. It's on empty. And for those of us who are married or we have children, uh, we take it for granted, you know? 
We give our kids a hug, you know, good night. Or what? We just take it for granted. In fact, some parents are like, I, did, I, got, I got too much physical touch. I would like a little separation, right? But there are so many people in our church and in our culture who are single, who don't have access to physical touch, hardly ever. I remember one time talking to uh, a young adult, a uh, single young adult, you know, worked out of the house, lived by himself, and I gave him a hug when he came in, and he, and he said to me, he said, you know, Clint, this is the first time I've touched, uh, touched another person in weeks. And I, I can't imagine that being married, you know, but that's pretty constant, can be very much the case for singles in our culture. So let's be generous with physical touch. I mean, let's, as a church, we're not going to greet everyone with a holy kiss, okay? Just saying. That's not going to be our new standard. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's all kiss everybody as you walk. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but we do shake hands. So let's be generous with shaking one another's hand, all right? And uh, we do have hand sanitizer. It's okay to go ahead and do a few pumps after you've shaken everybody's hand. I'm not, I'm not going to be offended by that. Let's not be offended by that. But let's be free to do that. And then, you know, when it comes to guys, you know, let's hug other guys. It's okay to do that. Let's give a hug. And girls, hug other girls. And if it's mixed, you know, sex, it's okay to do the side hug. Don't hug people you don't know. I'm just going to say that right now. Don't go around... Well, Pastor Clint said, I'm supposed to hug you, you know. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jessica mentioned, like, when we pray for one another, if somebody is around you, you know, be willing to put a hand on a shoulder, you know. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. I didn't tell this first service. Over in Africa, it's very common for men to hold hands with one another. Um, not our culture here, right? I mean, that doesn't happen uh, not very often. And so, but in Africa, that's when it's not uncommon to see two men talking, having a business deal, and they're actually holding hands. And um, I remember I was over in Africa. I was at the, the orphanage, and I was interviewing a potential medical uh, professional and so, um, to hire him to run the medical clinic. And uh, he, we were on one side of the, <coughs> the, um, the Dreamland orphanage, and the medical clinic was on the other side. And I said, well, let's go to the medical clinic and talk about it. You know, we'll go with, do a walkthrough. And so, we started walking, and he grabbed my hand. <sighs> All the hair on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> Woo! Um, and... And my team was all like sitting there watching this happen, right? And we're walking, he grabbed my hand, and you know what God said to me? He said, don't you let go of his hand. Don't you let go of his hand. Okay, God. <laughs> and you know what? It was so good for me. Because he was just showing me love and appreciation in their culture. And even though it's taboo, you know, in our culture, it was such a positive experience for me, you know, to, to, to receive that love, but also then to give it back willingly. 
those thousand yards that we walked from one building to the other felt like eternity. But uh, it was so good. But let's be willing to be generous with expressing love through physical touch. Not just in the church either. Visit a nursing home. You talk about somebody who's neglected. A group right down the street from here. Let's be willing. I mean, you just, just go in. Ask them, is there someone that I can visit? Hospital visits. I think we can start doing those. Is that, David, do you think that's right? I think we can, right? We weren't allowed to for the longest time, but, but hospital visits. Visit someone in the hospital if you know they're sick and just sit there and hold their hand. There's so much health and healing that is administered through physical touch. Man, again, remember, isolation is not helpful for our emotional, physical, or mental well-being. Visit someone in jail. Visit with a homeless person. You know, you think about modern-day lepers, at least how they're treated, homeless people. Nobody wants to touch them, right? Nobody gives them the time of day. They might throw a few bucks out the window. Sit and have a conversation. Shake their hand. That might be the first time they've been physically touched in weeks. Mother Teresa said, when we touch the sick and needy, we touch the suffering body of Christ. And Jesus said it this way. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. That's how we can show love to God. Is to love the unlovable, to touch the untouchable. All right, so we can receive love by pursuing his presence and we can show love by making some contact. Our five love languages, as a reminder, were words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And so my hope this year is that we grow in all five of these, you know, honestly. With each other, you know, let's, let's, let's grow in, in showing love and receiving love from each other. Let's grow in showing and receiving love from God. But let's be generous and willing to love those who really can't love us back. Agape love, which is used the most throughout the Bible, the New Testament, is the love that God shows to us. And it's the kind of love that expects nothing in return. If you shake my hand, I'm going to shake yours and, you know, there's a little bit in return. But if you go and shake the hand of a homeless person or visit someone in a nursing home, they have nothing to give you in return. And that's expressing the love of God to somebody else. I'm going to invite Emma to come up here. She's going to lead us. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.